and welcome. Thanks for joining us. My name is Chris. And my name is Tessa. And this is Pro Wrestling Repackaged, where the squared circle meets the small screen. In this bonus episode, we are taking a look at the Big Show Show. Why, you may ask? Well, because we said we would. (laughs) But before we dive in, we just have a quick little update on some changes for the podcast. We're getting to this episode a bit later than we expected to, and that's just because there are some changes going on right now in our lives that have made it a little bit harder to carve out time to do the podcast, or at least do it on a consistent basis. With that said, we do still plan to cover Heels, and as we record this, we are just a few weeks away from the season premiere of Heels on Stars. We do still plan to cover Heels, but we are not sure as to when we will actually be able to do that. It very likely won't be every week as it is airing. We may very well have to start mid-season or possibly even after it is all aired. To be honest, I'm not quite sure how many people are actually going to be able to watch it as it is airing because it's on Stars. And who has that? You know, who has cable? (laughs) So we'll be providing some updates on our plans for heels over the coming weeks. We'll also try to do a trailer reaction episode before the premiere. Don't hold us to that. As I said, things have been in flux, a lot happening right now. So for now, we're going to have to put this on the back burner. But we do plan to cover heels. That's what this podcast is all about. Wrestling-related TV shows. We have a new one coming out. We're all very excited about it. So there's a lot to look forward to. But for now, we'll keep you posted on our plans going forward. Right now, though, let us dive into the topic at hand here. The monstrosity, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> called, well, he's, he's well. a monster. Well, technically, he's not the monster. He's the giant. <laughs> he's the world's largest athlete. But a monstrosity would be the word that I would use <laughs> to describe this particular show. The Big Show Show, a Netflix original series, if you can believe it, ran for one season, if you can believe it. <laughs> Netflix never cancels anything. Come on. <laughs> Released in April of 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago at this point as we record (laughs) in the summer of 2021. Ran for one season, as we mentioned, but a Christmas special was released in December 2020, which was after the show had already been canceled or not renewed. Interesting trend of these wrestling sitcoms getting Christmas episodes. We saw this with the Big Show show. We're getting one with Young Rock, which if you don't know about that, oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. I feel like... Mick Foley should have a Christmas special if he's yeah. not already. <laughs> was there ever a Holy Foley Christmas? I think episode? every episode of Holy Foley was a Christmas special. You're probably right. I think it's, right I think it's Christmas every day in the Foley household. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, yeah, Mick Foley's got to be next in line for a sitcom if you think about it. I think he'd be great with the sitcom. He probably would, although he did appear on this sitcom. He did, and it was just kind of eh. And we didn't... So may- maybe this man does- just doesn't have good luck with sitcoms. Yes. He was kind of eh on Boy Meets World. He's kind of eh on the big show show. Maybe he just needs his own sitcom and his own time to just properly shine on yeah. his own. Maybe he's just, he's holding it back. He's mm-hmm. he's holding back for his actual day in the sun in, <laughs> in sitcom land. So this is going to be... Just kind of an overview of the Big Show show as a whole. We are certainly not breaking down every episode in depth. We are not even going to talk about every episode because 
You know, as you watch this show, you realize there's not too much to talk about. There are three episodes in particular that we will be zeroing in on at some point because those actually have something to do with wrestling. So there's a little bit of discussion to be had there. I think we have found that with this show, it's kind of just paint by numbers, canned laugh track sitcom. And I definitely have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> Before we get into it, Tessa, give us a little bit of a summary of The Big Show Show. So The Big Show Show is a collaboration, of course, between Netflix and WWE Studios. So you automatically know that we're getting some quality programming here. <laughs> From the studio that brought you Knucklehead. <laughs> so basically, The Big Show is just playing The Big Show. In the show, he's a retired wrestler. His teenage daughter comes to live with him and his wife and his two other daughters, which is when he quickly becomes outnumbered and outsmarted. And despite being seven feet tall and weighing 400 pounds, he's no longer the center of attention. But I mean, he's so big, right? <laughs> it's just so funny. He's big, and then he does things that normal-sized people do, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> I think that was the pitch of this show. That's, that's pretty much it. He's that's... big, so anything he does is automatically funny. And he's surrounded by these tiny little women. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's the thing, too. And we will talk about each main character a little bit. But the size difference between the size difference between the big show and his wife mm -hmm. is, is just like, yeah, of course, they had to get like the tiniest little lady. That it's they like could if, find. it's like if they hired me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you would be like the only smaller person that they could have found that is of a of legal age legal to age. marry the big show. <laughs> so the big show show, as you may guess, is not my favorite outing from WWE Studios, although I don't think I have a favorite outing, to be I honest. Gonna say, what is I, I think if you do have a favorite outing, then it's probably that's probably pretty questionable. It's the chaperone. <sighs> oh, you mean the movie that we turned off after 15 minutes? I've seen it in its entirety. Speak for yourself. Okay, well, I you, own it. You have you. I will say you have different standards than I do. I guess. So the Big Show show overall thoughts, Tessa. I mean, I know because we watched this together. <laughs> but tell the listening audience just your general thoughts overall before we dive into the minutia. The Big Show show is fine. It's not good. It's just whatever. Like, it could be about anyone. It could be about anything. It just has some weird wrestling references thrown in. Like, I don't find it offensive. It's relatively harmless. It doesn't anger me the way, like, good girls angers me. <laughs> That's a show that... <laughs> just had to get that in, didn't you? Yeah. With the Big Show show, I'm just kind of indifferent. I don't like the kids' storylines. They're bad. <laughs> Not quality writing. No. I will say one thing I find just particularly weird is no one in this show that I can recall anyway calls the big show by his name. <laughs> He's just show, show, show. Hey, show. It's even his wife. Yes. That's weird to me. Very strange. I mean, I can't imagine calling him Paul, <laughs> but calling him show. There can only be one Paul. In WWE land. <laughs> we all know that. And it's Paul Burchill. <laughs> it's, it is strange, though, now that you mention that, that his wife just calls him show. Mm -hmm. I think about that every time in every single episode. I'm like, has she ever called him Paul? There's just a very strange dynamic there. It's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> so 
you talk about the show being fine, not the big show. The big show's great. We love them. <laughs> the show itself is fine, just kind of there and boring. I think it commits the biggest sin that a show or movie or any piece of entertainment these days can commit in that it's boring. Right. There's so much content out there. And now more than ever, there, there's more wrestling content than ever being produced. In-ring stuff, documentaries, reality shows, and what we like to focus on here, scripted wrestling content, scripted fictional, you know, not wrestling itself, obviously being scripted, but television shows, movies. There's more of this stuff coming out. There's just announced today, as we are recording this, <laughs> a scripted Vince McMahon <laughs> limited series coming out. So I think the worst thing that one of these shows can do is just be, you just have it be so not there and so one dimensional that you can just easily just, yeah, just write it off. I think Young Rock, for anyone who will give it the time and watch a few episodes of it, I think Young Rock offers a lot in the way of entertainment. You know, if you take it on just even the most surface level, I think it's just a, a fun little show to watch. And it doesn't try to be anything more than that. I think sometimes we extract more than than that. <laughs> but with the big show show, there's nothing there. It's just your generic whatever sitcom with canned laughter. And that's a big part of, I think, what makes it feel... I feel dead inside when I watch it. <laughs> because what's happening is the, the writing's not great, right? Right. It's, it's your standard sitcom. It's like, you know, you can throw a rock on Netflix and find a just fine sitcom that has better comedy than this. Like you go watch like a Young and Hungry or something like that. And it's like, yeah, it's not going to be topping anyone's list of all time sitcoms. But, you know, you'll chuckle. You'll laugh at some point every episode in the Big Show show. I feel that. Not only do I not laugh, I actually feel like the negative, <laughs> like the inverse of comedy. I, that's what I feel as I watch it. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, apart from the big show and the guests that we will talk about uh, in this episode, some of the people behind the scenes aren't any strangers to sitcoms, this type of show in particular. The directors of these episodes, one of them is Melissa Joan Hart who we already know is a wrestling fan. She has been in the television industry for, what, 30 years now? Probably more. Some other directors, Phil Lewis, who I know from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody as Mr. Mosby. He's directed a number of episodes of other TV shows. Cody Rhodes did a sitcom? I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> that's that's his next That's His, his next, next step. venture. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Mosby, Phil, Mosby, Phil Lewis, who he's directed episodes of the new iCarly reboot, directed episodes of Two Broke Girls, Melissa and Joey, a Melissa Joan Hart venture. And then you also have one of these directors is Eric Dean Seaton, who's worked on a variety of Disney and Nickelodeon sitcoms, That's So Raven, Dog with a Blog, Hannah Montana, Corey in the House, True Jackson VP, Nickelodeon's iconic show, Just Jordan. The list goes on. <laughs> wow. He, we get a Just Jordan reference. Yes. When I saw that, I was like, this is, a, this is a guy who knows his stuff. And so why are they producing this? You know, the big show's no stranger to comedy either. He's been involved in, in I think, some of the funniest segments ever in the history of WWE. <laughs> in fact, one of my all-timers is the big show boogie boarding on his father's casket <laughs> when the big boss man was pulling it away 
My personal favorite is when he's in the bathroom and Eddie Guerrero stole the toilet paper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's what I think of when I think of the big show. There's also that period of time where he was just impersonating people every week. Do you remember that? (laughs) He dressed up like Hulk Hogan. Like he did a bunch of a bunch of those. He did a battle rap with John Cena. Okay, I vaguely, vaguely remember that. So the Big Show's a pretty funny guy. I mean, and sometimes unintentionally. A lot of the time, (laughs) unintentionally. I mean, the Big Show's pretty much just the world's largest meme at this point. (laughs) With every time he shows up, he turns heel, he turns face, he's crying, he's begging Stephanie McMahon for his job back. You know, and, and it's the type of thing where it's like, yeah, sure, he can do a sitcom, but why? Yeah. Why the Big Show? And I think it maybe comes back to that he's big factor That's of, it. of it all. He's big. So if we show like maybe a softer side or his life being, you know, controlled by these these little girls and his little tidy wife, that lends itself to comedy. But the the, the thing is, though, you can't just do that. You need to actually, you know, write comedic material around that. You can't just write lines and deliver them in a way that. People deliver. It's like, hey, Tessa, guess what? I just took out the trash. Laugh track. And that's how it's delivered. There's no context for it. Yeah. And that's how it's all delivered. And it's just very bland. It's, It's very uninspired. And the thing is, it almost feels like a parody of like the corny Disney fied family sitcom. I love a family sitcom, but I love the funny ones, you know? I like a sitcom that I watch and I laugh or at least chuckle, not one that is telling me this is where you laugh. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, where's the joke? It's like when you put a laugh track under like a drama or a horror film or something like that. You see one of those videos on YouTube and a lot of times those work out being funnier (laughs) than this was. There are no likable characters per se. I mean, the big show is effortlessly charming, but... His character is just kind of, hey, I'm the big show, and now I got a family, and I live in this pretty modest house for as big of a star as I am. Yeah. And there are no memorable moments per se, although that one scene of JJ, his littlest daughter, dressed up like the little show will probably haunt many a dream for me. (laughs) And that just came in at the very tail end of of the season. And there aren't very many actual jokes per se. This this show makes Fuller House... (laughs) look like peak Full House. And coming from me, that's a compliment because I think Full House was a funny show. So do you think if John Stamos was on the Big Show show, you would enjoy this more? Because I I know that's why you like Fuller House at all. (laughs) I guarantee you that John Stamos walks through that door for about two minutes and you get all of your laughs for the entire (laughs) season. And you don't even have to write anything for him. He could just walk in. He could walk in and just improv his way into actual laughs. And that's the thing about this show. Like we said, there's no actual jokes. I don't think anything's funny. If I'm laughing or if I find anything funny, it's just at the stupidity of the whole thing, the absurdity and just how weird it is. Yeah. It's just the type of thing where I just sit there the entire time and go, why does this exist? And I've been posing that question to you and we've been researching and trying to find out why, what's the concept, any behind the scenes information about this at all. And it's kind of eerily quiet online about this show. There is very little that I have found that points in any direction to, yeah, we just had this funny idea, this funny concept. There's nothing. It's almost just like, 
someone had like the WWE Studios version of Algae <laughs> Rhythm from Space Jam A New Legacy and it landed on Big Show Family Sitcom on Netflix and they said, well, daggone it, that's what we're going to do. Now, when Big Show announced this show that it was happening, he announced it on, I believe, Stone Cold's podcast. So that might give us more information. But honestly, I don't care enough to go that deep into it to figure out the why? I just want to know why. I, I don't... Why would you... You know, a Stone Cold family sitcom would be funnier. <laughs> you immediately put Austin in this exact sitcom, in this exact situation, and it's just funny because it's Austin. It's This show isn't funny because it's the big show. I think they think it is, yeah. but in actuality... It's not. You have to work at that. You just put Austin in these everyday situations just based on who Austin is. Sure. And I think that's a lot funnier. And I think you have a lot stronger of a performer. Not that yes. the big show is weak. I think he's by far the strongest part of this show, which isn't saying too much, but he's playing himself. It's not that much of a stretch, but he's playing a fictionalized father version of himself. Does the big show actually have kids? I think, yeah, he's got kids. Okay, so it's probably not too much of a stretch for him, which is why he seems to do well. But everything else around him is just underwritten, bland, one-dimensional. It's like playing like Space Invaders or Tetris versus like one of these 3D immersive video games that you get like the difference between a show like this and a show like Glow. It's right. like these are both fictional shows, comedies about wrestling, but they are just in completely different leagues. The characters are all really generic, but also very extreme. Somehow that's possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's a weird contradiction. <laughs> and with that, let's kind of just get into some character breakdowns here. Now we're on the big show, so let's go with him. He's playing Paul the Big Show White, although you wouldn't know his name. It, mm -mm. It's just the big show or show. <laughs> and he's just playing this wrestler who is trying to make the adjustment between maybe retirement, maybe not raising a family. His oldest daughter's now back in the picture. So he's all messed up. This point in his career on the show is really funny to me because the day that the big show show started streaming on Netflix was the exact same day that the big show made an in-ring return. Really? The exact same day, April 6th, he returned to Monday Night Raw and was challenging the day after WrestleMania, challenging oh, yeah. Drew McIntyre. Wow, that seems like it was like three years ago yeah. at this point. Both things happened at the exact same time. So we're talking about him retiring, being a retired dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he comes back the day, and in true Big Show fashion, <laughs> like, and, and he was making very sporadic appearances at this point. And unbeknownst to us, he was really just winding down his career with WWE. Of course, now, Paul White with AEW makes you wonder, mm -hmm. with AEW being under the Warner umbrella, could we maybe get like the HBO version <laughs> of the Big Show show? I think the Big Show show's cancellation is the whole reason why the Big Show left WWE. <laughs> I think the whole reason why he left WWE was so they could get him on the Go Big Show. <laughs> I still think that's about him. <laughs> I mean, it, it might very well be when it comes back. We, we don't know. But yeah, so The Big Show, I think giving his best acting performance since Jingle All the Way and The Waterboy. <laughs> I mean, he was in that movie Knucklehead. I don't know if you've seen that or even remember what that was. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I the only reference I have for that show is when uh, 
John Pollock and Wei Tang reviewed it on Review Away in what seems like a <laughs> lifetime ago. I've never actually seen it. But he has done a movie before. So his acting chops, if he has any here, is because he's he's done a, a feature-length movie before this. And he's also appeared in some other shows and movies, as we've mentioned. I think for his performance, he's totally fine. He doesn't stick out as, ooh, that's rough. You know, he's fine. You know, he's he's been a wrestler for a very long time. He's been on live television. He's got he's definitely got some some acting chops. He can hold his own. He just doesn't have too much to work with here except for no. really bad jokes, which he's getting on raw anyway. So he's a pro <laughs> at delivering those. So the big show, I think I'd give him a, you know, thumbs in the middle to thumbs up. I mean, it's again, there's nothing in this show to write home about. But the big show's wife in this show, Cassie, played by Allison Munn, she's kind of the supportive wife and mother archetype. She's a real estate agent, and she's always really perky and hyper, it seems like. I think she's fine. Yeah. If this were a better show, I would probably like the character more. There's nothing to really dislike. I think she's one of the more likable ones in the show, but there's no one that I have a strong attachment to either way. Yeah, apart from the big show, she's probably my favorite. And it's just really sad because Allison Munn, she's worked on some great shows in the past. She's been on That 70s Show, What I Like About You, One Tree Hill, shows that... Every- I don't want to be... <laughs> Shows that are really popular, shows that she would have had a lot more to work with, you know, and that's saying a lot considering she was on What I Like About You, (laughs) that she had more to work with on that. And that's like the definition of like, yeah, this is fine. I guess I'll watch this. Yeah. And it's still somehow funnier than the big show show. Yeah. I don't know what it is about like shows like this happening in like 2020 that just don't work, but that could have possibly worked like 20 years ago. I don't want to be watching the big show show. I'd rather be dead or in jail. <laughs> so, yes, Cassie. I And I, I don't know anyone's name on this show besides Lola because I just keep thinking of Lola Bunny. Yeah. But yeah, Cassie, I, I don't think I even realized what most of their names yes. are. And JJ because I just think of JJ Walker. Okay, so I know two people's names and the big and show. And the big show. So, <laughs> so Cassie, I guess... If anyone comes close to being, like, funny on this show, aside from the big show and maybe Steve Urkel, <laughs> it's her. She has a good delivery. She, You yeah. can tell that she's a good performer. She just doesn't have great material to work with. So I don't, right. I certainly don't hold that against her. No, yeah. she She's doing her best <laughs> with what she has. Yeah. She's doing her best to wrangle the big show and her two daughters and the big show's daughter from another marriage. Lola, the aforementioned Lola, not Bunny, played by Raylin Caster. No relation to Max Caster, <laughs> who, by the way, I went to college with. Life is really weird. Very weird, yes. <laughs> I don't have anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a podcast with Max Caster, but that's a story for another day. Let's find that one. Yeah, I still have it. Oh. Max Caster was part of my senior college project. <laughs> I'm not even editing this out. You know what? Screw it. That's a bonus episode coming up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, bonus exclusive content. So the big show's oldest daughter, Lola, from his first marriage, she moves from Minnesota to Florida after her mother gets transferred to Brussels, Belgium. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I only know that because it's written here on the document in front of me. So. I, I have no memory of that. <laughs> I, don't, don't mistake this for me having actually taken in details about this show. I didn't. I promise you. <laughs> so the dynamic there is that 
they can be competitive with each other, her and, and her other sisters and her and the big show himself. And they kind of butt heads a little bit. And there's some tension there yeah. from the years away from each other. There's a little bitterness, I sure. suspect. Yeah, she's a little jaded. <laughs> Which is, you know, and it's surprising she doesn't have that same bitterness like with Cassie or with her younger sisters who clearly have a better relationship with the Big Show show. Big show show. <laughs> 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 and that's just because that's because they get paid to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the sister dynamic, I don't know. I don't remember if it takes a few episodes to really kick in, but they seem to get along fine. They hatch their little schemes together. They're always doing something. And by the end, they're kind of, you know, they're close and they they have a little bit of a bond going on. And the same with her and the big show. You mm-hmm. know, it, it all ends well. There's no scandalous drama going on here. It's This is not that type of show. Yeah, I almost wish that there was like some sort of almost evil stepmother dynamic. I think they get along a little too well. Yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, you're here. That's cool. Yeah, I feel That's like fine. there'd be a little more... Not drama, but a little more something. Right. I think it is effective having her be from another marriage and having her mm-hmm. having lived in another in another state from the big show and be kind of estranged from him because really the only conflict of the show is the last episode where, you know, he yeah. has in the in the prior episode, he was considering going back to wrestling and then he's he's made the jump. He says, Yes, I'm going back. I'm training at the performance center. And then that kind of comes to a head where he decides. Actually, no, I want to be with my family. And a lot of it's because she like yells at him. Exactly. So a lot of that conflict does come from that. And I think if she had been living with him all along and, mm-hmm. you know, hadn't been from another marriage, I think that wouldn't have been as strong or had as, as many stakes, as, as many stakes as this could have for being the big show show and having absolutely no stakes at all. <laughs> I also find it funny that it's this WWE Studios production and the whole kind of takeaway from the season is that, hey, screw wrestling. I'm just going to go be with my family. Yeah. And then he doesn't do that ever in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so as we mentioned, the big show has three daughters and the middle daughter, I think the most annoying daughter, yes. or, you know, it might be a toss well, up. It might be a toss-up. Mandy, played by Lily Brooks, Big Show's middle daughter. She's very much a feminist, which is obviously not what is annoying about her. What is annoying about her is just the subtlety hammer of (laughs) everything (laughs) about her that you get bashed over the head with in every episode. But she very much admires Ruth Bader Ginsburg, AOC, Leslie Nope. I don't know who that is. I'm going to be real with you. That's, if I remember correctly, is Amy Poehler's character on Parks and Rec. I'll take your word for it. I've never seen it, so I don't really know. Her main (laughs) thing in the series is that she's running for student body president. And we'll talk about her opponent in a little bit. Which, like, good for her, but she's super annoying about everything she does. Yeah, she's she just has one of those personalities. And it's the it's the character. The, the actress yeah, is no. fine. None of these kids <laughs> do a bad job at all. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to come on here and say F these kids. No, it's got nothing to do with them. The it's kids the are material. great. They'd be great on any Disney sitcom or whatever. They're very capable actors. It's the character. And it's a character I feel like we've seen before in plenty of shows like this, and we'll see this character again. Yeah. And it's not, you know, nothing really to write home about like anything on this show. It's just an obnoxious character, and honestly, it's the type of character that's like, this is why we hate feminists. Right. I I could just see the IMDb reviews now mm-hmm. of, oh, this show is just PCBS, feminism. And I think what's the most annoying about it is I don't think they're doing that to her to make her be a bad character. Yeah, I think they 
genuinely think that that makes her like, you know, cutting edge. Yeah. And like, there's a way to make a feminist, you know, kid and not just have her like worship the ground that every quote unquote feminist in the 21st century walks on. This is like if Vince McMahon wrote a feminist character. Yeah. It would be. You know, there, there there, can be no nuance. It can't just be something that she believes in yeah. and feels very strongly about. It has to be her personality. When she wakes up in the morning, she is feminism, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And it could be for anything. If she was, you know, a golfer and she right. woke up in the morning and was, I am I am the human embodiment of golf, it would right. be just as annoying. It doesn't matter what the subject matter yeah, is. Yeah, because her, her annoyingness, if that's a word, isn't even just you know, relegated to her being a feminist. It goes from, like, she can't lie or she gets an ulcer. And every time she's like, ow! Yeah, she's a goody-goody. Yeah. She's a goody-goody. And it, she's it's... annoying. <laughs> yeah, it, and that type of character is always going to be annoying. And it, it's played to be annoying and it's played for comedy, except for in this show it's not, because as we've established... She's not only a main there's no character... Char- there's no comedy in this Yeah, show. she's not only a main character, she's one you're supposed to be rooting for. She's kind of what the the kid portion of the show revolves around. Mm-hmm. Most of the stories seem to revolve around her. And she kind of moves plot forward in, in terms of the kids' storylines and sometimes with the overall family storyline. So she's kind of like the type A, super goody-goody, super sitting in the front row of the class, sitting in the front seat on the bus type of thing, hall mm-hmm. monitor, you know, that <laughs> type of thing. Just kind of the goody two-shoes that it's just kind of like, okay. Which is like, of course she's running out. for student body president. Of course she is. And of course she has all of these specific goals and it's just so like she's thinking like 30 years ahead she is and you know what good for her good for her but not not a character i i really want to watch for any extended period of time no kid is gonna see this and be like yeah that's me we should mention though we mentioned that she has she has a, a rival for student body president it also happens to be her boyfriend kind of Taylor Swift. They break up. I think I don't remember. Anymore. First of all, why is this kid's name Taylor Swift? That's that's part of the comedy. But it's not funny. That's the joke. His name is Taylor Swift. Like I feel like I'm missing something here. It doesn't make any sense. It's not really funny. They just think it's funny that here's a kid named Taylor Swift. Ha ha. Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor Swift, and I I, I want to mention him because he is kind of the other main kid aside from the Big Show's kids. He's kind of the one who appears in the most episodes. Played by Dallas Dupree Young. And this is notable for me because I recognize Dallas Dupree Young as being a future member of Cobra Kai, my favorite show. He's he, he he's in season four of Cobra Kai. He plays a character named Kenny. And uh, he seems like a cool kid. I've I've watched an interview with him, and he seems like a cool kid, so I like him. He's immediately my favorite character. So, like, while you're watching, rewatching these episodes of The Big Show show, are you just thinking that that's the character in Cobra Kai? No, because if he were a character <laughs> in Cobra Kai, it'd be good. And this is bad. It's He's, he's fine, honestly. This is it's, just the it's precursor. Your, it's your standard, like, he could yeah. be on any Disney show. Like, he's fine. He does a great job. I'm sure he's going to kill it in Cobra Kai. He is uh, he's Mandy's classmate. He's running against her for student body president. They have this little love affair going on. It's 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 a whole thing, but it's really not not because <laughs> it's like easily explained in five minutes. And then they just trade on that for the rest of the season. Another thing that I forgot that they were dating and that that's a, apparently a big point of, of drama in the school. 
<laughs> yeah. I forgot that they were secretly dating. You know, I really just zone out during all of the kid sections. Because it's really bad. And all of the adult sections, too, that don't involve wrestling. But and the, even some of the ones that do involve wrestling. The kid stuff is just particularly bad, whether it's Lola, Mandy, Taylor, JJ. <laughs> JJ. Let's talk about JJ now. JJ, played by Juliet Donenfeld. Big Show's youngest daughter, very tiny kid, very precocious kid who just like says weird things, <sighs> does weird things, wears weird things. Everything is weird. Everything is off yeah. kilter and offbeat. This goes beyond precocious to me. She's just a little weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she's doing or talking about, but she <laughs> my favorite thing about her, like the only thing I care about her is that she has a poster of the Big Show in her room. <laughs> Like, she doesn't see him enough. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Just one of, like, the stock, you know, promotional <laughs> photos of the big show. Just, you know, just chilling on the wall in her room. Like, That's my dad. Otherwise, she's just like, I don't know if she's evil or if she wants to be evil. I can't remember any specific examples of what she does or says. You know, for me, she is like a pee in a pod with the... Middle kid, is it on Fuller House? Who kind of looks oh. like kind of looks like if Malcolm Merlin from Arrow was a little kid. That's what he looks <laughs> well, like. Well, yeah, and JJ. Hope I think someone out there gets that. In, JJ, I think it's mentioned that she's like in the gifted class, but again, that's a thing I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I had no recollection but of that. But she's like, she just gives me an off vibe. Just the little comments she says. She's doing weird stuff back there. Yeah. In her room. And it's not just like adopting a dog and not telling anybody. There's something else that she's doing. I don't know what it is. Sniffing some markers, maybe some scented markers. Not even like she's doing something. You know, I will say she's that being sneaky. Of all three daughters, I think that she would be the most likely to body surf on the big show's casket when he dies. Yeah. She'd probably be the, she's the reason he's in the casket, is the vibe I get from her. <laughs> he gave her. her a heart, she gave him a heart attack somehow. She poisoned him. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the kind of that vibe she, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe she gives me. Like, she's up to something. Yeah. And she, I don't like it. She's like, I think they think that she's like, oh yeah, we give her all the good stuff. But it's, all the good stuff is like, just these weird non sequiturs that, come from nowhere and yeah. go nowhere. Yeah. But you know what? The kid delivers them well. She does. But I'm just like, huh? Yeah. What? Let me see her do one of these things. You know, speaking of little weirdos on sitcoms, <laughs> Jaleel White also happens to be on this show. Jaleel White, most famous for being Steve Urkel slash mm -hmm. Stefan Urkel. <laughs> Steve Urkel, about that. Steve Urkel, ostensibly a neighbor, but became the main character of, I think, one of the best examples of a family sitcom that we have ever gotten. Family Matters. A treasure. A treasure of a show. I love Family Matters. We have just started watching it together. I'm, I'm introducing it to you for the first time. Yeah, we aren't in the Steve Urkel. We are not up yet. to Urkel yet, but, but we will get there at some point. But Jaleel White, he's great. I love him. Everyone loves Urkel, right? He plays Terry Malick III. Big Show's best friend. He's the and third, I forgot. The third, yes. <laughs> he runs a fitness center and he likes to invent things. I didn't even retain that information. No. Nope. The only thing that I, the only character trait that I retained about Jaleel White's character on this show is that for some reason, he chooses to speak like Harriet Winslow. <laughs> exactly like Harriet Winslow, it's where everything that she says, she is 
yelling and sounds mad and she has learned, a scowl on her face. He learned from her. He's He is totally stealing that delivery. It's that just unnecessarily aggressive at all times. If there was a character named Carl on this show and I closed my eyes, I would swear that he that he was Harriet <laughs> Winslow. <laughs> Carl! Why? Why are you so loud? Good morning, Carl! <laughs> How are you doing today, honey? <laughs> Everything it's like she's picking a fight. And that's everything that he said. And he has a yeah. very he has a raspier voice now. His voice is a little deeper, a little raspier. So he just naturally sounds like Harriet Winslow. And that's really my main takeaway for this character of Terry. Now, he's kind of the big show's sidekick. He's getting him into hijinks and mayhem whenever he's in an episode. He's kind of just the wacky kind of almost like the the jazz to the big show's will. Oh. <laughs> I heard jazz and I was thinking of the wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like the jazz Jazz to the big show's Roddy Mac, (laughs) if you will. So, I mean, those are kind of just the main characters of the show. There's a few other kids. There's, you know, there's the Cassie's co-worker dude who I forget his name. There's that weird influencer kid who's always like live streaming everything. Oh, right. I don't know her name. Basically who iCarly would be if iCarly happened now. Yeah, what um, Millicent on iCarly, the reboot, thinks she is. Yeah. (laughs) She wishes. I don't think anyone wishes they were anyone in this situation. (laughs) Millicent (laughs) or this kid. This kid seems like she's got some sort of following. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's what I mean. We'll we'll give that to her. That's what I mean. We'll give that to her. Give that kid a show. It might be better. Maybe. It would relate to the kids. Everyone wants to be an influencer, right? F them kids. <laughs> characters aside, because we, we don't really care about the show because of the characters involved, right? Aside from the big show. And we, we care barely about, care about it. And we, we barely, yeah, to be honest. We care about the show because it's wrestling related, right? Mm-hmm. Except it's only like kind of wrestling related because aside from the big show being the big show... The first five episodes don't really have much to do with wrestling. No, he probably references wrestling. Sure. His time in the WWE, because that's the only wrestling that exists in this world. Yes, the WWE (laughs) is wrestling, by the way. It's not, oh, your career as a wrestler. It's It's your your career career as a WWE superstar. Wrestling comes into play in the later episodes of the season. And I wonder if that was strategic so that the average person just scrolling through Netflix and clicking on this show just for something to watch isn't like, oh, this is a weird wrestling show Mm because I could totally see people just turning it off. I mean, whereas Glow, that's the whole point of the show. It's look at these awesome women wrestlers in the 80s. It's fun. This is like, look at this big doof who happens to be a wrestler. But wrestling doesn't have to necessarily be the main crux of the show. Or maybe all of these wrestling episodes come at the very end to force you to watch it. It's well, supposed to entice you, that's and now what, you get the wrestling. That's what the experience was for me. I'll yeah. tell you, I was just waiting for something to be about wrestling. And I don't watch these shows, and I just stand there with my arms crossed. Where's the wrestling? You know, I'll go on on the journey. There are Young Rock episodes that have nothing to do with wrestling, really, mm-hmm. that are some of my favorite episodes of the show, of the, of the season. But that's just a good show. Because, yeah, it's fun. This, not so much. So when the wrestling does come into play, it's all the more disappointing that it's just kind of surface level. I really think a show that is a WWE co-production starring a wrestler should probably have a little bit more of an accurate depiction of wrestling. Now, 
there are some scenes of the big show, like shooting promos, working on holds or whatever in the performance center. But that's about as in-depth into the world of WWE as we actually get, aside from the fact that his theme song plays a handful of times throughout the course of the show, which (laughs) I find funny. (laughs) But we get more, honestly, on Boy Meets World than we do on... We even got more on the Drew Carey show, I feel like. A, a A cooler depiction of wrestling on a sitcom than we do on this show. And it all starts really in episode six, The Big Party. And this is where... The Big Show takes his wife on a wrestling cruise <laughs> that happens to fall around their anniversary. So he takes her on the cruise as a consolation present. Yeah, and she doesn't want to go because she's she's got work stuff. Bye. So this is immediately wrestling related. So I'm like, okay, what are they? What are we going to do here? We <laughs> knew that there was going to be an episode that featured other wrestlers. And this is where the other wrestlers come into play. Because we have Mick Foley, Mark Henry, and Rikishi appearing in this episode as other wrestlers on the cruise. They are the only other wrestlers that we see on this cruise. I want to talk about why you think these three were chosen. Is it because they are legitimately close friends with the big show? No. (laughs) Oh, shut it down. No, I don't. Is it because they have the comedic chops that is necessary to appear on a sitcom? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Mick Foley's very funny. Mark Henry's very funny. Rikishi, I guess, is funny. He's fine. I think he's just big. I think, you know what? <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that big equals funny. Yeah. Played into the Especially because, like, the context in which they're there, they're getting massages with the big show. They're eating all of his shrimp. Yes. Isn't this funny? Two very large wrestling men getting massages and eating shrimp in a hotel room. Eating all of it together. Eating all of it. All of all of the shellfish. It's not like Mick Foley, Mark Henry, and Rikishi are guys that have a storied wrestling history with the big show. At least not that I can recall. Correct not, me if I'm not, wrong. Not particularly. Yeah. So their placement in this kind of just strikes me It's not me as odd. like, oh, why are they here? It's like, oh, cool. You know, yeah. Mick Foley, Mark Henry, and Rikishi are here. But- it's just kind of there. Yeah. It do- nothing really happens. It's not really funny. It, this could be anyone. They sing the Backstreet Boys. Which, call back to <laughs> Mick Foley's appearance on Boy Meets World. <laughs> you, you, and you're the only one to make that call back. I My think man you're, you're, is consistent. You're, you're, no, you're giving you're giving <laughs> someone here too much credit. I don't know who it is, but you're the only I'm one. I'm giving to, me too much credit. To, to call back. No. <laughs> really, though, it, like, it's fine. It's cool. It's just the novelty of seeing... Mick Foley, Mark Henry, and Rikishi on a Netflix scripted show, I think in and of itself is kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun. Right. But outside of that, it's just kind of there. I don't know. I expected a little bit more. Yes. Now, I will say I'm fascinated by the idea of a wrestling cruise. What is that? (laughs) You've never heard of the Jericho Cruise? But I mean, like, that's not what they're doing here. (laughs) How do you know? I don't think so. What if what if this is supposed to be the Jericho Cruise? Oh my goodness. If Chris Jericho was in the WWE, do you think that this, this would be would the Jericho be. Cruise? <laughs> yeah. It would be. Ugh. I don't think that's what's happening here though. So what do you think this is? What do you think this cruise is? I don't know. <laughs> Are there fans on the boat? I, think I, I mean, fans. they're doing autograph signings, that's, right? I think that's really all it is. I think it's just people. I don't think there's any wrestling. So I you think, think people just... would just pay for 
pay extra to go on a cruise that just happened to feature celebrities that they also probably have to pay for autographs. I from. think that's what they're trying to convince me this is. I don't think, I mean, none of these guys are wrestling. And aren't these guys the ones you would want to see? Not really. Come on. <laughs> I think I, I, the I, I average. Don't, I don't need to see Mick Foley ever take another bump again. But the average Mark Henry, fan, Rikishi, The Big Show, even in their prime, I was never clamoring to see any of these men wrestle. But other people might. I don't think, but if they're these this huge of attraction in general that they're on this cruise. I don't think you need much to entice like your 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 stereotypical <laughs> WWE but fan, but your replica mean. belt holder. I think you could probably get them on a on a WWE cruise pretty but that's easily. That's what I mean. I think this cruise. I'm supposed to believe that like these four guys just need to be there, and that's it. Right. They don't need to actually do it. So you think they're the only wrestlers on the cruise? Not necessarily the only ones, but I don't think there's really wrestling going on. Okay. okay. I think they're just there. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we put way more thought into this <laughs> wrestling cruise than even the writers did. Well, yeah, I wish I I wish there was more of the actual wrestling cruise. I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been cool. I think that was probably a little too... That's uh, too much for them. Too too much for the budget here. I mean, they could have just used a similar setup to what they did in episode seven, the mm -hmm. big surprise, which we'll talk about now, in which the big show gets back in the ring, but not in the WWE, <laughs> in Steve Urkel's... Is this in Steve Urkel's gym? I think he owns a gym. Yeah, I think. And he's promoting an event with the big show. Do you have a, do you know he's, the details of why this happened? They, he's just, he's like his manager. So he's like, here, let's, let's promote the gym. You come in, sign some autographs, whatever. But here's what we're actually going to do. You're going to actually wrestle these people because they'll pay me money for that. First of all, is he his actual manager or does he just think he's his manager? I think he just kind of inserts himself as that. And the big show just kind of goes along with it because. Yeah comedy. Yeah, that's that's about it. Second of all, this show is presenting wrestling as something that the big show can just get in the ring with untrained strangers or maybe yeah. trained. Some of these guys looked like they they had some experience. But do they in the show? But do they in the show? Maybe they, not. No. Well, at least they had physiques, so they maybe that, they train. Yeah. The big show can just get into the ring with untrained strangers and give them his finish <laughs> and no win crap. a legitimate contest yeah. match in 30 seconds. So wrestling, much like, you know, Boy Meets World and, and these other sitcoms being portrayed as a shoot. I mean, yeah, there's no prep. They're not like going over anything beforehand. But what really gets me is I can't understand why him doing this small appearance in, in this gym, barely, you know, doing anything with these untrained fans, why that is the catalyst that he needs to get back in there. I would think that it's hanging out with his four friends on the cruise. Right. Or three friends on the cruise. Because you would think that this appearance would be depressing, yeah. if anything, because it's like, oh man, this is like... <laughs> I'm in this <laughs> This is like Jake and Beyond the Mat levels here almost. This is like, I'm in this stupid gym with my stupid manager friend Not even and these backyard wrestlers and like 30 people in the audience. Yeah. But I think the thing is, I think we're supposed to take away from this is that the people go nuts for him. Yeah. It's not even a stupid gym, though. It's a straight up gross gym because Urkel over here doesn't clean the place. Yeah. He points out that. But this is this big, yes, I need to be here. If he was signing <laughs> all those autographs on the cruise, the people were into him there, too. Yeah. You'd think that would make him miss wrestling. You know, I, I think I think the subtext here is that nothing else is really working out. You know, there is no big show show for this version of the big show happening within within the reality of the show. I don't think he has much else going on other than his family. 
you yeah. know maybe if if he was being pitched like a like a, a captain insano <laughs> limited series or something like that something he can sink his teeth into something to take his time away because this is a guy who's he's been on the road for his entire life right. and he doesn't know anything else other than this so he gets the bug and it's it's just real quick oh even even in this setting it's like oh he's he's got to go back yeah i mean in the next episode they try to make the case that there's so much for him at home but we don't see that in any of these episodes. It's it's paper thin, really, yeah. all of the reasoning behind any of this. I think, though, it's just kind of funny that the portrayal of wrestling in, in this episode seven, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next one. The portrayal of wrestling is so much less accurate mm -hmm. than some of these other sitcoms we've talked about. And, of course, my least favorite recurring theme in, in some of these episodes, the boxing ring or at least the very loose wow. boxing style ropes. It's just, it, it grinds my gears. But, they could send a WWE ring. They could have filmed this but, in the PC. But the context is he's in a gym. So Right, but, you, but the big show himself cannot get his friend, Steve Urkel, an actual wrestling ring. He well, doesn't well, have that kind of pull. Edge, gonna, Edge has a WWE ring in his garage. I'm going to defend these dudes. I think this appearance was very last minute, very, very put together very last minute. Urkel was just, it just happened on a whim and he's doing it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to so, give them some credit here. So you think Urkel is just, he's just going out and yes. going on Craigslist yes. and looking for a boxing that's ring. The, Doesn't know what he's doing. That's what this character is to me. Okay. That's what he would be doing. Well, you know what? That would actually make sense. So that, okay. There's some justification for Show why it's a boxing ring. Big Show didn't know that he was going to do this. He walked in and, oh, what is what are you doing? He didn't know. He couldn't have helped. Right. I'm giving him credit. <laughs> okay. Well, also this. Who cares? Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Episode eight, The Big Decision. So this is where it all comes to a head and The Big Show wrestles. See, see what they did there in, in, the, in the summary? Wrestles with a decision. And the decision is that he's going to go back to WWE because that's his life. That's all he knows. He hardly wrestles with it. He does go back. There's a little pro. Well, he hardly list. he hardly wrestles in the match in the, in the prior episode, too. Oh, well, yeah. So he basically, <laughs> in, he didn't wrestle with this decision. He just hit this decision with his finish. And, yeah. mm -hmm. he, and then he said, mm -hmm. I'm going back. Yeah. And so he goes back. There's this, they, they have this pros and cons list. And he's like, it'll make me happy. And they're like, but we'll miss you. But we'll be sad. We'll be sad. <laughs> it's like, We're busy. We need you. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, but. I'll be happy. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. And, 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 and the unsaid uh, the unsaid fact there is that he he's not happy at all. <laughs> yeah. That's it. He's like, he's, he I don't want to be around you people. The Come subtext on. is F these kids. <laughs> Forever and always. <laughs> he said, bye, Lola. I don't want anything to do with you, whether you're coming to Florida to stay with me or you're all the way in wherever she is. I already forget. <laughs> I think the thing that bothers me the most about this episode is that he's in the performance center. He's, you know, he's gearing up. He's he's cutting a promo about coming back to SmackDown, which, number one, they wouldn't do that. Number two, yeah. it wouldn't be a cell phone video. Yeah. Although there was that weird time where WWE was doing those selfie promos. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. They were just doing these selfie promos with, and then like putting the captions on the well, screen. Well, maybe his promo was just for his social media. Maybe he was just doing it for Twitter. <laughs> okay, maybe. 
<laughs> it well, wasn't I, actually we'll, doing we'll, anything. We'll, we'll give them that. But yeah, we we see the Performance Center. The Performance Center has been making the rounds. It's been in feature length movies mm-hmm. like Fighting with My Family. Mm-hmm. It's been in this show. Has it been in anything else? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, they did that reality show Breaking Ground. Right. Wasn't there a tough enough season done in the Performance Center? Yeah, probably the last one. So it's kind of interesting just to see the the fictional portrayal of the performance center here and it it getting its own kind of like its its own little credits list in IMDb. I'm surprised Triple H didn't just pop in. Yeah, oh, he's, that would have been great. He's too good for this yeah, show. Well, I mean there can only be one Paul. He belongs on the Drew Carey show. <laughs> <laughs> what if Triple H showed up as the disciplinarian? Oh my god. Okay, here's what we need. We need the disciplinarian versus Captain Insano. <gasps> That's see. This is what I want to see. Well, this we can't get it universe. now. Why? Because the big show is over. I keep trying to call the big show the big show show. <laughs> the big show's in AEW. We can't have it. Oh now. man, Adam Sandler can't make this happen. He's he's somebody would get fired. He's, he's doing like a movie a month on Netflix. He can't. He can't. Somebody would get fired. Oh man, the, <laughs> the big show. <laughs> the disciplinarian versus Captain Insano. That's uh, that's a that's a dream match scenario there. That's a dream match. <laughs> Any final thoughts on any of this, any of this mess, before we get out of here? This episode or the show in general? Uh, anything. Well, so I will, I will say, you know, when the show first premiered, for 13 days, it was in Netflix's top 10. Now, there's a, I'm sure there's a reason for this, and it's obviously because the big show is a stellar, phenomenal actor. Right? 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 <laughs> Well, as right. I did say, it's his, it's his best acting performance since Jingle All the Way in The Waterboy. So this show came out peak pandemic time, of course, and I think everyone was just incredibly bored. So they would watch anything, even the big show show. Right. <laughs> because by the end of the year, it didn't even crack the top 100 on Netflix originals. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> or it, it didn't crack the top 100 on Netflix shows. It came out at a good time, but... It's a Netflix original, and we know what Netflix does to its shows, whether or not they're good. <laughs> I would argue that there was never a good time for this show to come out. Well, and uh, I don't think there could have been a better time when everyone's stuck at home and they don't have anything else to do, and everyone's just watching things on Netflix. <sighs> I still just think I, I don't understand why the show came out. There was ne- there was never a right time or scenario There's for no the show. Reason I just for don't. It. I I if it got a season two, I I would have been so shocked. I I just think that. For this show, there never would have been a right time. But no. unlike the Bret Hart song, there is a right time <laughs> to say goodbye. And I think the time was mm-hmm. immediately after season one well, dropped because it never stood a <laughs> chance of a, of a renewal. Netflix canceled dozens of other originals last year. So it was in good company. <laughs> sure. Right. And it's interesting. They decided to release the Christmas special mm-hmm. in December after after it had been canceled, as we mentioned. Yeah, they had already Maybe that's filmed something it. they had already, yeah. yeah. They had something they had already had in the chamber. They did. Maybe saving it for season two, or I don't know what the deal was there. But my biggest problem with this whole production overall is that in that Christmas special, the big show did not utter the line, I'm going to deck your halls, bub. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's right there. You are expecting the writers and the people behind the Big Show show to have any knowledge of anything relating to the Big Show. I'm expecting comedy from a comedy show. And that would have been comedy. You're expecting... These people don't know anything. Yeah. I don't think. They they don't know the the lore of the Big Show or (laughs) of... The deep Big Show lore. Paul White. (laughs) (laughs) They They don't know about the giant being 
No. <laughs> being thrown off of Kobo Hall. No, no, they do not. No, they don't. Which is another one of my my favorite funny <laughs> moments in wrestling ever, courtesy of Paul White. They don't know that. All they know, here's what they know. They know that the Big Show is a large WWE superstar, and they know his theme. And they were probably only played his theme right before they were writing the show. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, the Big Show show, all in all, it's definitely a show. Is it a big show? No. Is it a good show? No. It's not a good show. It's not a bad show. It's not the show. It's the Big Show show. And I think we're going to have to leave it at that because it's very hot in this room right now. And I didn't think we had an hour's worth of things to say about it. It's something. It's it's something. It happened. It definitely happened. It happened. And no one can ever take that away from it. It it was a thing. Look, it, look, it, 13 days, almost two weeks, it was in the top 10. Okay. You know what's in the top 10 right now? Every single Twilight movie. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what? It I, is in I, good company. I, I would much rather watch and do a podcast about the Twilight movies. That can be arranged. Than, uh, I would much rather watch the Twilight movies <laughs> than than the big show. We're I, not I even was, done. Uh, We're full, not even done. Full disclosure, audience. I really dragged my feet on this episode <laughs> because we have so much going on right now. It was hard to find the time and it was also just hard to find the will <laughs> to, to muster up the strength to talk about this show. We and don't even have anything else to watch or do. <laughs> we just didn't want to do this. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. I just started a new job. We're in the midst of a move. But still, this show was, was this was at the bottom of, of my list. I hate talking about things that I don't enjoy because I have no passion for it. And I especially hate talking about things that I actively dislike. So I hope I was not too harsh on this. But you know what? Ultimately, I would like to know what other people think. What do you think? If you watch The Big Show Show, what do you think of it? Were Tweet you... <laughs> us. Send us a message on Instagram. Send us an email. Send us uh, uh, smoke signals. A letter from a carrier pigeon. Run a, a tin can in string through our window and let us know. Someone communicate with us and let us know what you thought of this show. If you or someone you know was victimized <laughs> by The Big Show Show. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for yet another bonus episode of Pro Wrestling Repackaged. We thank you so much for listening and we will speak with you soon. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PWRepackaged and email us at PWRepackaged at gmail.com. Subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app and visit PWRepackaged.crd.co for links to everything. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts Podchaser, or any other platform that features reviews. Pro Wrestling Repackaged is a Multitrack Minds production. Visit multitrackminds.com for projects and audio production services by yours truly. 